been trying to get it from my daughter. Welcome to episode two. My name is Daryl, and let's get straight into it. I love anime. I think a lot of people now are no longer ashamed to say that they love anime, whether it's Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, One Piece, Bleach, Attack on Titan, Sailor Moon. I mean, I can go all day here. There are tons of animes. And in the year of 2019, it's okay. It's okay to say you like anime because now anime is cool. Anime is in pop culture. It's in hip-hop. It's everywhere. You can't avoid it. I mean, Hot Topic is a cool store now. They no longer make money because they're, you know, offering to the groups that no one else is offering to. Everyone wants to be in there because being weird is being normal now. And we should all, you know, give ourselves that congratulatory pat on the back and high five for growing out of high school and middle school tendencies. But it's kind of weird. I mean, we, we've got to admit it here. We went from making fun of people for running down the hallway with their hands behind their back, leaning forward, or thinking they would do that because they liked Naruto, to saying, oh, I love Naruto. I can't wait to go watch the new movie. And they even put that movie in the theaters. We went from thinking that if you liked Dragon Ball Z, you were going to scream at the top of your lungs and your hair was going to turn yellow or your face was going to turn blue if we got into a fight. We went from thinking people who had Yu-Gi-Oh cards were always going to not be able to breathe and pull out a dual disc if you tried them. But that's different now, right? Anime is cool. And it's not the only different thing that's cool now. I mean, it's like a surgence of nerd or I don't know what to call it. Outcast culture has become the culture. And in a way, it's kind of backhanded. Look at it like this. If you grew up playing Yu-Gi-Oh, you was your favorite thing to do, and you loved it, and you wanted to show everyone else that you loved it, because as a kid, you want everyone to know who you are, and you were made fun of all day long for liking Yu-Gi-Oh. You were made fun of because when you had to do when you did your uh, show and tell, you bought Yu-Gi-Oh cards and everyone laughed at you. Now you wake up one day and the guys that were making fun of you are now the guys that are saying, I can't wait to go do this. Or they're trying to benefit off of it. They're making shirts or they've even changed their branding for whatever they're doing towards it. And this is not a personal experience. I was an anime nerd. I just I kept it to myself out of fear of that. But I did see people experience that. And for that we can't say sorry because it's a little late, but I wish we would have all just been able to be ourselves a little bit earlier. What if what if being a Yu-Gi-Oh fan wasn't weird back in the day? I mean, it, I'm happy that it isn't weird anymore because especially because my girlfriend's little brother, he loves anime. That is his favorite thing. I love that kid. And I'm not going to lie. One of the things that kind of bugged me or in my head, in the back of my head, was one of kids are making fun of him. 
And then I kind of remembered, wait a minute, I love Dragon Ball Z, and I just talked to somebody at work about it, and they definitely don't look like the quote-unquote nerd or weirdo that watches anime. Because you know what? There is no weirdo that watches anime. You're just a person. And I'm not trying to get too deep about it, but it's just one of those things. But it leads me to this, the real point today. Goku, Dragon Ball Z, and black men. Why it is so important to us. And I don't think that it's important to us or it means so much to us or we love it so much because we are aware of what I'm going to say, but because it just is. Because it was one of the first animes we watched. It was one of the first times that as a young black man, and not every black experience is the same, but a lot of the times being a black person growing up, you have to be a little bit more adult-like, I would say, compared to your your friends of, 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 of other skin. And it is what it is. But for us, anime is an escape. Anime was the thing that you didn't tell your friends about. You told your friends that you knew watched Dragon Ball Z or watched anime about, but you didn't tell all of your friends about it because they weren't ready for it. You knew that you might get, you know, you might get made fun of. I mean, me, for example, I watched Dragon Ball Z every single weekend. I think we started maybe 2002, 2003 with my cousins. We'd watch it every single weekend. We would go over my cousin, over my uncle's house, go straight down to the big TV and we would watch Dragon Ball Z right at night when it came on at Toonami. And if we didn't catch it in time, we'd watch it the next morning after we recorded it on a VHS. And we never really spoke about it, though. We never really talked about it outside of that house. Like, I remember even saying one time, hey, you want to go over to watch some Dragon Ball Z? And I just kind of looked at weird. But we would watch it every single weekend. There was no doubt about it. We even started drawing the characters. I mean, I used to be able to draw a real mean Goku. I was really good at Vegeta, but I could draw a pretty good Goku. I can't draw anymore because I'm just, I don't know, I guess I lost the ability, but I'm telling you, I could. And we were so into it. We loved it. We used to just sit there and talk about what we thought would happen next or what if we did this or what if we, you know, made the story. And what's really interesting is that we didn't even know that Dragon Ball was anime, I don't think. I don't think we even knew the proper term. All we knew was this is a thing that we watch and we enjoy. And we know that if we tell everyone else about it, we're probably going to get cracked on, we'll get made fun of, and you know, you don't want that. We, I think we even tried to hide it from our parents, because I remember my mom used to always say, Pokemon, because I love, I love Pokemon. I mean, who doesn't love Pokemon? And she used to say, Pokemon, just to bug me. So I only imagine if I would have said, Mom, I love Dragon Ball Z, she probably would have said something crazy. So we used to keep it to ourselves. We'd watch it, we'd talk about it. It was like a, like a book club. Like a, like a secret book club. But as I grew up, obviously, and I went to high school, people started to talk about it openly. And it was no longer the thing that, you know, made you weird. It was just the thing that if you were into it, you were into it. And, you know, it don't really bug you. And I don't credit that to us growing up. You know, I, I said before, congratulations to us growing up. But I don't think it's us growing up. I think it's just the fact that anime weird culture, outcast culture became profitable or it's always been profitable, but 
you know, hey, people said, hey, this is super profitable. What if we actually, you know, market it towards it? We can make even more money. But I'm I'm getting I'm getting I'm going off topic here. Um, anime though to black men is a little different. It was our outlet for creativity. It was our it is our outlet for for thought besides reality. And to a lot of people that might sound a little weird and you know oh well you can't be creative other than that. And like I said, not all black experiences are the same, but no, a lot of us can't. It's a little bit different. But with Dragon Ball Z, that changed everything. We loved it. It had violence. It had weird names. It had transformations. It had aliens, sci- um, aliens, androids, everything you can think of. And then it comes back to us as adults in the form of Dragon Ball Super. And we got to see the story continued. And the <clears throat> gospel of Goku, as you will, be spoken and, and shown, you know, written for us. And I know I was waiting every single week to watch it, subbed or dubbed. I'd watch it subbed, and then I'd go back and watch it dubbed. And then I'd go back and watch every single YouTuber that does Dragon Ball Z, which, by the way, a majority of our, or not majority, but a good portion of are black. So that all got me to thinking, why is this? Why do we all as black men love Dragon Ball Z? Well, it's simple. Dragon Ball Z is cool. Dragon Ball Z is fun. But it's deeper than that, too. So... As a lot of us who started watching Dragon Ball Z, we had no idea about Dragon Ball. At least I didn't. I'll be honest. At the time, I had no idea. I think halfway through Dragon Ball Z, we went back and watched Dragon Ball. But it has a lot of similarities here with being a black man or an African-American in America, period. Goku has no idea of who he really is. I mean, his real name is Kakarot. In In Dragon Ball, his real name is Kakarot. I mean... Vegeta still calls him Kakarot to this day. But he doesn't know this because he's sent to Earth. He hits his head on a rock. And Grandpa Gohan finds him and names him Goku. And then Goku goes throughout his entire life not knowing who he is. Now, of course he knows that he's different. He has a tail (laughs) for a little bit. I mean, come on. He has a tail. So he knows he's different. But he doesn't quite understand it. And... He grows up basically fighting. Most of Goku's life consists of martial arts, adventures, and violence. Martial arts, adventures, and violence. It's it's a repeating cycle. It's a winning cycle for an anime. And he's got this cool factor. As different as Goku is, as weird as he is, as kind of, I don't know, non-traditional as he is, He's cool. Most of the people that he encounters see him as cool. They see him as this kid that's just got that factor to him that makes you want to be around him. And he's kind. He's loving. And he fights for himself. But more often than not, he ends up fighting for his family and friends. Goku 
really goes over the top on Frieza because of the way he has treated his friends and his family and that he's trying to destroy a planet for no reason. He has no legitimate reason behind it. It's just to be evil. Goku always is trying to find this bottomless pit that is his potential. He's trying to get to the bottom of it. He seeks to grow every day, no matter what. And no matter what Goku does, he'll never shed the label of being a Saiyan. I mean, he even embraces it. He loves the fact that he's a Saiyan. He loves the fact that he at least understands to some extent himself that now he is who he is and he is not ashamed of it. And it's all a long poetic way of saying this story's been told before. Not to say that Dragon Ball stole or anything. It wasn't by intent. It wasn't with malice. But this story's been told before. The weirdest name that a lot of people ever heard first was Devante. That was one of the first black names that a lot of white Americans ever heard. And one of the first, at least somewhat Japanese names that black people ever heard was, was Goku or Kakarot. And Goku had no idea of his heritage. And a lot of black men, women, have no idea what their heritage is. They're just in America. They know that they're here and they know the history because it's pounded into your head 20 times throughout elementary school to middle school to high school. But you still don't know where you're from. You still don't know yourself fully. And you have the cool factor. I mean, come on. Being black is kind of cool. In high school and middle school especially, you get that cool factor that they're cool, but you should kind of back off a little bit from them. You're given that, that space, that you give off that vibe to some people. You know? You give off that feeling. And you're seen as violent. You're seen as different. You're seen as the oddball. Because in America, a lot of the time, black is right there with weird. It's adjacent to it, at least. And that is is the situation. You as a black male watch Dragon Ball Z and you experience exactly what's going on, not fully, obviously, because we don't have abilities, but to a lesser degree, most of what Goku experiences. You're given the outcast mentality and you adopt it. And you will fight, no matter what, if you have to. You are sometimes, you feel as if you have to prove yourself, no matter what. And there it is. 
there is where you are exactly what you have watched, idolized, and and used as an outlet. You've watched through a lens yourself be told through an anime. And it's not bad at all. I don't want anyone to think that. It's just interesting that an anime that's made in Japan has nothing to do with black people at all. I mean, it's a story that really steals from Journey of the West and Sun Wukong. But in so many ways, it's so similar to growing up as a black male or growing up black, period. So Kakarot, yeah. In this story, his name could be Malik. His name could be Devante. His name could be Devon. His name could be Darius. And he would still have the exact same story. Name can change. It can be brought to the real world. And the story won't change much besides the fact that Goku can go Super Saiyan 3. And we can't. We can elevate ourselves, which is really what that is. You can elevate yourself and show yourself as more and know that you are worth more, but it's still the same story. And maybe once again, it's me and overthinking things, but it's similar and it's there. And I'm I'm all for one to say, hey, I love it. And I'm glad that I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z so I could turn around one day and say, I think Dragon Ball Z showed me what I was worth, who I was before I even knew it. It showed me that all I have to do is continue to grow, continue to elevate, continue to use my best nature, and that would be my story. But enough on that. Enough on Dragon Ball Z and black, being a black American. It's not bad. It's a beautiful thing. I love my skin that I'm in. And if anyone else could say it with me, I'm sure they would. This isn't to say all black experiences are the same, but it is to say that a lot are similar. All right, so enough with the deep stuff. I've got a great track for you guys. I'm going to for some music. So here you go. This is Cold Case by Via Via. Oh, I've been trying to get it for my daughter. Oh, I. Oh, I've been trying to do what I taught her. Oh, I. Keep it chill when a nigga trying to turn up. When you start a flame, gotta stay away from water. Hey, niggas, lame, trying to keep me at the border. Niggas ain't the same, no, they really don't support us. Niggas telling lies, you can say what you wanna. Do it for the fame, but we do it for the come up. This ain't no way. I ain't been asleep in four days. I've been dealing with my old ways. Big homie died, it's a cold case. It's a cold case with a cold day. I've been riding around on the road. I've been on my shades since the old day. 
days Tryna flip a brick, but no way Name treating crack like cocaine Take me out the hood to a cocaine Dick boy strapped, feeling so brave It's a whole shame, cause the click got cracked for the whole day but you know about the mothers and the fathers and the drunk baby mama son daughters and the whole gang Get word that a son and a lover and a father was a man shot down in the cold rain If you don't know that, you don't know pain Got pay leave, we don't know change No reread, but I see babies with L-O-V-E on the brain Oh, I've been trying to get up on my daughter Oh, I, oh I've been trying to do what I taught her Oh, I, niggas lame, trying to keep me at the border Oh, I, for the fame, but we do it for the come up This ain't no way I ain't been asleep in four days I've been dealing with my old ways Big homie died, it's a cold case It's a cold case for the cold day That was Cold Case by Via Via. I love that song. You can check her out on Spotify, YouTube. Via Via Cold Case is the name of the song. Now, has anyone else been... Obviously, we all use our iPhones, our Androids, whatever it may be. Anyone else noticed that the icons are flat? Like they're, like they're flat looking? Everything's kind of flat? Does anyone remember when, do you remember when the icons used to kind of pop out at you? Like you could touch them, like they felt like they looked, you know, like they looked like they were 3D. There's there's a reason for that. And I was curious and found out that, hey, there's videos all about this. Um, it's called skewmorphism. It's the design concept of making items represented resemble their real life or real world counterparts. So, basically, when you, if you notice, you know, the save button always has that little floppy disk, because that's where you used to save stuff. Um, And your calculator used to look like it had, on your phone at least, real calculator buttons. And it's because it helped our brains navigate. And I'm, literally, I just learned about this, and it's, it's just weird. It helped our brains navigate because our brain is like, okay, I can't touch it. Okay, so so it starts out with computers. Okay, I can't touch this thing. I'm using something else to touch it, like the mouse. So you had the whole dragging something to the trash to make you feel like you were doing, you know, what you do would do in reality. And then with cell phones, you had the 3D icon thing. And it just it it brought me to this weird to this thought of something I've thought for a really long time that technology is more generational than it is educational and by that i mean for me personally and i think a lot of younger people um we didn't really need phones to have the 3d icon thing going on we didn't need skeuomorphism it was it was good it helped a bit but i believe it was more for the older crowd cuz see as younger kids younger people we grew up with technology technology grew up with us so when we're growing up we were seeing technology change and grow i remember vividly one day going to the computer lab and having those real cool funky looking iMacs with the cool colors on them and then the next random week they got rid of them for these lame plain matte black pcs which I thought was the dumbest thing ever because I wanted my cool colored mouse again. But 
I remember that happening, and the reasoning was is because they said, well, you can do more on these computers. And that's when we started doing more type to learn, you know, where you were learning to, well, you were learning to type. God, I hate that 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 name is exactly what it is. But you were doing all these things, and they were basically grooming you for the technological world. Unlike the people who were older that, yes, they had a hand in building the technological world, but it wasn't made for them. Technology, computers, cell phones, things like that, it wasn't made for them. Obviously, they use them, but it wasn't made with the thought of, oh, this is going to be easier for um, people who are 60 or 50 plus to use, or even 40-year-olds or 30-year-olds to use. It was more in mind for, okay, this is going to be our new infrastructure of an entirely new society, because really the internet is a completely different society for the next generation. And it shows itself with, well, I, I, I can be an example. I went to school for computer, not computer, wow, English and communications, and I work in IT. Now, why do I work in IT? Well, because I applied to work here. Duh. No, but more importantly, because I was already working in something that was technology-based. I was working for a cable company where I did troubleshooting for internet and all types of problems like that. And so I said, hey, this isn't too far off from this actual IT job. I might as well take a shot. And even in my interview, I found out that, yeah, it's pretty similar. And on top of it, now that I've gotten the job, I've been there for almost six months, it's really, really easy for my brain to digest. Now, there's a lot of stuff that I do that I'm not going to say like it's the easiest thing ever, but it's easy for my brain to, for me to wrap my brain around. But I can only imagine if you weren't a, you know, a, um, a technological person, you know, you didn't go to school for technology and you said, hey, I want to do IT. And you were like 40 or 30 years old. It's probably not going to be easy for you because if you were not, groomed basically to do it your brain is not going to be able to easily expand and 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 comprehend it It doesn't make you stupid it doesn't make you anything it just means that you you are not made for it education would be your key but for me it is more generation for me because i had the education education for a completely different thing but my generational advantage fills that gap that gives me the ability to be able to do my job, which is technology-based. And that's not to say that, oh, I'm some genius or anything. That I'm, I'm furthest from it. Trust me. I promise you I'm not. But it's just to say that I think that's kind of true for a majority or a good amount of people my age or born in my gen- within my generation. A lot of us just are very good at grasping concepts within technology because we were groomed for it. Uh, We were basically raised to do this technology. We were forced to do type to learn, not because it was going to be useless, unlike cursive turned out to be, but because it was what we were going to have to, to, to grow with and to help mold. So, there comes the situation where, okay, we're going to school, right? Everyone is going, you know, they want you to go to school for education, educational purposes. But in a way, and, and it's proven because Google's hiring people that, that didn't go to school for 
anything. As long as you can do your job, they will give you a shot. They've admitted it, and they were doing it before they even admitted it. And that's not new. I mean, jobs hire people all the time that don't have a background in what they are hiring them for. Places hire people all the time for things that, you know, they aren't necessarily even supposed to be doing, but they are smart enough to do it, so they hire them. But it's just that there are so many ways now that you can show your talent, your ability, without going to school. So I guess I can see, I, I'm not I guess, I do see where the frustration comes in that some people have why would I go to school and learn anything from somebody when I can just simply show you? When I can just simply do this and show you that I am capable enough to do it, especially when it comes to technology. Now, I'm not here to fight against people going to college or fight for people going to college. I'm just saying technology is more generational than it is educational. And the argument that you have to go to school to know and to prove that you know or learn something is getting weaker every day. Because in this generation, you can go on YouTube and we learn something. I learned to tie a tie in 40 seconds on YouTube. That was a long time ago. I don't know if that video is up, but I think it was quite literally called How to Tie a Tie in 40 or 30 Seconds, something like that. But you can learn a lot of things just going online and doing it because you have that generational wealth of technological technology inf information on technology and a technological advantage. So it's it's interesting and it's honestly quite mind-boggling because I just wonder not this generation because Gen Zs are going through what we're going through just a little bit later but what happens two generations from now? Like, what what will they have that generational advantage of? I mean, I don't, I can't think that far ahead. But I mean, the baby boomers had it with a lot of stuff from their generation before them. They had an advantage because they had already lived through certain things and been groomed to live accustomed, lived a life accustomed to what they were used to. So they had the advantage of easy, not easier jobs, but more jobs that were higher paying and more plentiful because of the system that was put in place before them. So the system that we're putting in place right now and Gen Z puts in place, I just wonder what advantage will they have? Is it going to just be more technology? Is it going to be, I don't know, social media? What will it be that's going to drive us forward next? Because right now it's technology, which had an offspring called social media, but with social media, is that going to be the next big, you know, wealth of, of jobs and, 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 um, and information? Maybe, who knows, but we'll find out here within the next, what, 70, 80 years. So I'll be 90 or a hundred and I don't know how old you'll be, but hopefully we're both around to figure it out and see it. And that's going to be it for today, guys. I'm going to go ahead and head out. But before I do, just a few things. I'd like to thank anybody who listened to the first episode. Or if you're a first-time listener, thank you for giving me a shot. I got a lot of downloads from the first episode, and that is appreciated. It truly is. Whether you know me or you don't, and you just ran by this podcast because it popped up, I appreciate you. 
a few things. If you would like to give me any topics you want to talk about or discuss anything, go ahead and email me at his name was Daryl at gmail.com. Also, I'm going to add the Discord link in the description of this podcast. So it will also be there. And of course, you can just email me and I'll send you a link there. Uh, and last but not least, I will see you guys next Thursday. Until then, be easy. And my name is Daryl. That's the end of the podcast. Have a good day. Bye.